This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone. Today, we are discussing how children learn to not be physically active, a bioecological perspective. And we have a great guest for the episode. Our guest has master's degree in sports science from University of Gothenburg and PhD in educational work from Karlstad University. And during his master's and PhD, he has worked in sport and lesser matters in local administrations. Currently, he is working as a senior lecturer of sports sciences in Karlstad University. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest, Dr. Johan Högman. Welcome, Johan. Thank you so much, Ali. It's great to be here on the podcast. Yeah, nice to nice to have you. So, if we start about physical activity as both a physiological and social and cultural phenomenon. Yeah, uh, well, that was kind of a start for me when I, I was approaching uh, this this topic in my research. I, I start wondering uh, and thinking about the the phenomenon of physical activity, and, and especially then for for children, of course. And uh, of course, I think physical activity is a, a physiological phenomenon. It's it's about moving bodies and and children moving their their bodies, and bodies are physical and biological uh, but i think in order to to understand a little bit more about uh, the the conditions and and how and why um, children move and or and why some children does not move uh, it's it's really important to dig deeper into uh, the social dimensions and also the the cultural dimensions of, of the phenomenon and how, how do you see the fact that uh, the usually this physical activity has become equated with sports this kind of sportification you you have discussed that also yeah uh, i think it's part partly related to the issue of how how physical activity is is viewed and and uh, in my thinking or in my view of of physical activity uh, physical activity is just It's, it's, it's something that uh, you do with your body. It, it doesn't really matter what kind of activity. Uh, it's it's still a physical activity, even if, even if it's housework or if it's uh, gardening or or whatever. Children may be playing. Uh, it's still physical activity. But but uh, in uh, let's say the last decades or, or for several decades, uh, we have started to to view physical activity more and more as something that has to be organized it has to be have a certain structure perhaps it has, has to have a, a coach and and a, and a predetermined time uh, for the beginning and the end and stuff like that and i think that's a part of a, a larger trend where sh- children's uh, lives are being more organized more structured and and uh, we both parents and other adults are not we are not um, fine with just letting kids move as they want or or uh, just play without our our uh, 
supervision. We we want organized and formal settings for our children. And and when it comes to physical activity, then if children may before say 60 years ago, they just were physically active for, for many hours each day, just playing around and, and of course taking taking breaks and so but they played around uh, for for a greater for, for more time each day. Uh, today we are more focused on uh, engaging our, our children in in particular uh, sports clubs or settings, organized settings where, where children are, are supposed to to learn very specific types of physical activity, and we are we're not appreciating the the more free and informal physical activity uh, in the same way for for our children. Yeah, and I think even I've been in in UK, and I think there it's even more that there's this top sport, and then you are either very good in sport or you can maybe play a little bit something in the park, but there's not much in between, and I think same in US. I think in the Nordic countries it's a little bit better that but we still have this sportification. What do you see that how we can get rid of the sportification or too much sportification? Well that's a really good question and uh, I think it's it's something of an an uh, change in attitude I think uh, is needed uh, from from uh, uh, really several uh, actors in relation to the child because uh, I mean, parents uh, today have have uh, some responsibility in, in and are driving this process. As parents today are very like stressed that their their kids won't um, keep up with development of other kids. They they uh, want their, their their kids to to be good in school. They want their kids to be good at, at sports. They want their kids to be good at everything. And then then um, parents uh, are, are very eager to to place uh, uh, their children in sports club, even though perhaps the child uh, is not that interested in in sports particularly, but rather would like to to play more freely and and perhaps play informal sports. So I think parents uh, have a responsibility, but also like more of, of the the actors. I mean, as researchers, we, we have to do, we have to produce knowledge about uh, various kinds of activities that uh, contributes with very valuable physical activity for children that is not sports as well because I think uh, parents needs to know that there are other um, uh, options as well that sports isn't isn't just the only activity that that can contribute with a with the physical activity on a daily basis there are, there are a lot of, of of other activities as well and and I mean of course the school has a great responsibility as well. Uh, there is a problem with uh, how physical education are taught in school uh, in Sweden and, and uh, I know in, in many other countries have the problem of, of physical education being like the same thing as organized sports. It's just like organized sports, but in the school context. And I mean, that's a, that's a huge um, uh, one of the reasons that uh, of the sportification process that instead of, of learning children in, in school what physical activity might be or how they how, how they might be physically active in their own way we, we taught them or we teach them to to uh, engage in particular sports we teach them rules in 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 the sports that that they uh, that that they, if, if we're in sweden we, we we teach them how to play football or we have teach them how to to go ice skating or play basketball and the big the big sports but uh, of course in other countries uh, they have other sports that that are, are um, that are taking place in, in physical education. 
and that's uh, that's also a, a, a I think a reason to uh, why the sportification process has gone so long because schools has to take a step away from uh, from this uh, view of how physical activity or, or at least integrate more perspectives on what physical activity might be. Yeah, and as I'm now thinking it, it's very separate that you have sport classes in a certain time of the day and it's in a certain place and and then other times you are just sitting there the whole day in the class and those are just too distinct. So there's, there's no kind of interplay when when you could be active throughout the day. So maybe the PE teachers should be in the in the recession breaks there also instructing and teaching teaching how to how you can be physically physically active and you have been using the bioecological theory in your your studies could you tell a little bit more about that yeah i think uh, bioecological theory is a very good theory in many ways but it's also a uh, kind of a, of, a, of a tricky theoretical framework to use as well because it's it says a lot of a lot of <laughs> aspects it's it's a great uh, Um, theory to understand like all the conditions that that or to make visible uh, a lot of conditions that that uh, influence uh, children's physical activity it's basically a, a, a theory about uh, how the the individual uh, child in this case uh, interacts with a, a very complex uh, system of, of uh, factors one can say environmental factors and these environmental factors can can be uh, can be placed in in various environmental system like i think many are, uh, know about the, the like the microsystem the the mesosystem the exosystem and the macrosystem and and that's um, that's a, a, an important part of the bioecological theory to to understand how the en- environment is uh, is constituted by by several systems but i think the most important thing uh, or or perhaps the strength of the theor- theory is to try to understand how the child that is also can be viewed as a system a system uh, consisting of various factors then like psychological factors or or uh, individual traits or abilities or whatever it might be how these uh, factors interacts with uh, different environmental factors so uh, and these factors can be then in the microsystem for instance if a if a child have a very good confidence for instance it will interact better with uh, the environment the closest environment because they have the confidence to to explore or to uh, explore the environment uh, so that's that's interaction but it will also interact on a on a more uh, macro level for instance through um, culture or or the interaction between the individual child's uh, identity in relation to to the particular culture in the in which the child finds herself then so this this theory is Uh, I would say uh, simultaneously quite complex, but also quite um, easy to to use and and trying to start mapping out uh, different factors that that are important to to consider when under, trying to understand uh, children's physical activity in, in uh, yeah depending on on which context uh, you use it in, it in. And and if we go a little bit more practical. If you use it in a study, do you, for example, take that you are looking the microsystem and the child's psychology, psychology, or do you try to map all of those in a one study, or how how do you do it in in practice? Um, I think 
the best thing to do, I haven't conducted the the idle study for using this theory, but if if you are are, are planning a study now and trying and, and using this this theory, I would uh, I I would try to have uh, some kind of, of um, comparative study uh, using two two groups. Uh, perhaps I I would say it would be very interesting to to compare groups uh, on a, on like a macro level and and try to investigate. Uh, how different cultural or, or social and, and sociocultural factors uh, differ in relation to physical activity between groups. Let's say, for instance, in, in Sweden and in an, uh, another part of the world, it's two, two groups uh, placed in two different macro systems. So you can, you can compare these groups, uh, how they uh, relate to physical activity, for instance. And within these groups, you have uh, to get the interaction effect. You can have one to make it easy, perhaps one um, individual uh, characteristic or, or factor that you compare. So you can say gender, for instance. Uh, if if you're taking both these groups, it's, it's uh, boys and, and and girls, and perhaps they they will they will differ on on these social cultural matters in relation to physical activity, depending on if they're boys or girls in different parts of the world. So that's like a base and. And according to bioecological theory, because it's a develop, developmental theory, you should also uh, make uh, longitudinal studies. So you have to uh, have at least two uh, time points for, for measuring or collecting data. But, but I think it's recommended to, to use uh, three uh, time points to, to collect data. So that's uh, like a, 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 the basic of, of using it, but it's... Uh, I think there's a lot of ways of, of uh, using this uh, this theory, and, and I have seen a lot of studying using it in whole other ways. It, you can use uh, various uh, kinds or, or types of bioecological theoretical frameworks, for instance, for doing systematic uh, reviews, or you can uh, you can just like as I was saying earlier, you can m- more map out different factors in. In the context in which you're doing the research, if, if as, as I have done in one study, perhaps I in an interview study, uh, trying to map out important uh, factors from the child's perspective. So interviewing the children on on uh, factors in their uh, systems that, that will uh, influence them, and then try to um, like investigate if this differs depending on the child's uh, in so, some of the child's individual characteristics. So I have focused in one study on gender and and also focused on ability so if if the children uh, uh, experience some uh, some un- environmental factors differently depending on on their level of uh, physical ability for instance yeah so, sounds very very interesting and and when you did for example interviews what kind of interview you used? Was it semi-structured? How, how did you do it? And could you give an example of of questions? How do you how do you map out these these uh, bioecological uh, factors? Mostly with focus groups interviews, but also with individual interviews and paired interviews as well. But um, uh, mostly focus group interviews with. Uh, then I'll have uh, like three to six or even seven children in a group it's a little bit dependent on, on the age of the children it's easier to to interview many children simultaneously when they're a little bit older so when i interview like eight years old eight year olds uh, 
I think it's better to have uh, fewer children in each group. So then maybe we are, it's idle to have four uh, children in each group. So I, I mainly conducted uh, focus groups, uh, uh, interviews, and uh, they are good in, in the way that they make the children feel comfortable. So they speak a lot because they are, they are many and you are just one or two researchers. So those children feel feel very, very um, comfortable and, and they uh, feel confident in speaking. Uh, so that's good with focus groups compared to, to individual interviews. But uh, I think the downside is that there's always children that uh, will will hide during focus groups. So you don't it's 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 very hard to to get the the opinions or or, or getting some some of the children to speak and i think that's a method methodological pro- problem because it's most often if if you're interviewing children about physical activity and sports it's most often children that enjoy sports and, and like sports and like physical activity that that will speak the most so it's it's uh, important to to like think of of how you put together the groups or or what your how to uh, design or, or think about the sample when you're doing focus groups interviews. So that's mainly how, how I done. And, and the questions I've asked is, uh, it's basically to get the children to talk a lot about uh, physical activity and sports in in various settings. So it's, I think it's not that much up to exactly what questions you ask as a interviewer or a moderator in, in that uh, situation it's more about just getting into to to speak because most often i i interview quite small children as i said they can be eight nine ten uh, years old and they and they are often quite uh, short in their answers so they they are just uh, uh, quite often uh, you know they, they want to say some say stuff that they think you as a researcher want to know so they're just telling you something uh, and then, or, or they just uh, answer yes or no, or I like it, or it's fun. So the the, the hard uh, the hard thing is to to get them to to tell uh, tell a bit more, or go deeper into their experiences, or or uh, how they perceive different activities, or how they feel during various activities. And and small children doesn't really reflect upon these issues that much either. So it's uh, it's very important to to try to set up like a like a social climate in the focus group when they so they can start thinking and reflect in the situation so i think that's when these groups are 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 functioning best it's when children start talking to each other and they are reflecting in the moment uh, and and um, yeah sometimes they realize new new thing or coming up with new thoughts that that uh, they didn't think of uh, earlier and when they start talking do you think they usually talk the things that are interesting for the for the researchers or do you need to nudge them and and direct them to the right ways or do they usually talk about things that are important emotional and you are interested in in those things so how how do you feel it usually goes i would say it's it's quite uh, hard to or at least it feel like it's it's hard to to get real honest and deep uh, statements from from children that you most often you meet uh, the children once you have you have never met them before they haven't met you you're total strangers to each other and you sit down with them for like 45 minutes and they just uh, they have they have the the energy to speak like for 
35 minutes maybe then and they have to go up and do something else and, and want to go out for a break or something so it's it's really hard to get them to 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 speak uh, or to dig deeper into to issues so i think it's 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 quite often that the, that they say something that they think i as a researcher a researcher um want to know or, 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 or what I, I expect them to say. Uh, so in in, um, in new projects now or, or in studies now, I try to to have uh, at least two interviews with each uh, child. Then it's uh, maybe easier. It, it is possible in focus groups interview uh, also, but in, in when doing individual interviews with children, I think it's 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 much better to to meet them at least uh, twice and and have. Uh, at least two interviews with them so that you can uh, uh, at least to a certain degree learn to know each other and build some some trust between uh, the, the researcher and the and the child so they can they can feel a little bit more uh, confident in, in um, yeah, exploring and reflecting on on uh, also quite uh, hard uh, or or more uh, un- un- uncomfortable uh, aspects of physical activity because that's a really important thing to to investigate here we, we i'm not that interested in in uh, all the the children that most children think sports are really fun and if they think it's really fun to move around and, and do activities but i'm i mean the problem and what we are trying to investigate is what why why do some children not enjoying to be physical activity what, what is the problem and and uh, um, how can we find new ways uh, and new activities so so these children feel more safe and 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 uh, can feel more enjoyment in in uh, different physical activities. And and earlier you said that in focus group usually the the inactive ones are hiding a bit and you don't get their their comments. Maybe do you have any ways to reducing this bias in your study, or do you just state that probably this is biased sample, or what what can you do with it? What I what I did was basically to conduct a new study and all only including um, children uh, in and that study I only included physically inactive children. So I conducted a new focus group study uh, only containing children that um, they they were asked by their teacher or they recruited by their class teacher um, and they were identified uh, by the teacher and their PE teacher as inactive so they the requirements was that uh, they were often absent from physical education and they often were were quite um, passive on on school breaks and not participating in in any sports in in their spare time so they were identified uh, by by their teachers and then we put uh, put together uh, five focus groups with, with just these uh, children so they sat down together uh, and that was, and of course, that's a whole uh, another, and it's it's another study. It's 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 a study about just physically ina- inactive children. But then you can start explore more in detail, like issues of uh, uh, avoidance of physical activity and, and uh, exclusion and and uh, negative experiences. And and of course, they uh, they can identify with each other and they and they feel more safe in exploring these issues. And and when you're doing the focus group, you have the bioecological model in the back of your head. Can you direct the discussion to that? Or do you basically first just collect children talking of something and then you try to apply the model on the on the data, on the transcripts that you have? Or how, how, how does it work in, in, in practice? 
uh, well, uh, uh, the interview schedule is uh, is designed to cover the the aspect of the model that I'm interested in, and, and as I mentioned earlier, it's it's uh, the I think the hard thing is to to decide what kind of uh, or, or how to to delimit the the model to to these factors that we're trying to explore in in the particular study. Um, but but then basically we we cover the the um, these these uh, topics not necessarily in, in any specific order but it's it's uh, our ambition to have covered all the uh, the topics uh, when the, when the focus group is over and and sometimes it is, it is hard because you have quite a limited time with at least with the, the smaller children or the younger children they it's it's not uh, it's not possible and it's not ethical to to like keep them for for very long interviews uh, so so you have to uh, you have to cover all the all the the topics quite fast but also in in a you also have to be ready that the children they can they can quite often speak about uh, <laughs> about completely other things as well they can they can tell you stories or, or they they love to just uh, tell you rules about the games or how they how their games uh, are conducted or, or how you play a certain uh, game or something so you have to be uh, you have to be ready for for listening to, to stuff like that and that can also be interesting uh, of course but uh, yeah we uh, yeah the, the schedule is is designed from the, from the model but but uh, I'm also I'm also ready to to take a few steps on on uh, at the side. No, that's that's very interesting. It sounds like fun, interesting, and challenging. Uh, when when I I have ended up doing podcast and having a company and not doing research because I thought that I don't want to spend all days with Excel and SPSS. But that sounds sounds fun. Maybe I should have been thinking of doing focus groups with with eight year olds. That that sounds fun. Do do you do you feel it fun or how how is the process of of data collection? Well, I, I love that 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 uh, that part of the of the research process is the best. I think, um, of course, it can be frustrating if you have a if you're trying to force uh, things. But I mean, that's uh, I try to or I I enjoy that uh, situations where you sit with a lot of kids and they just uh, they you, I mean I mean they they give their time for for nothing really and and they're just happy to to tell something about uh, themselves and how they relate to physical activity and that's yeah that's what i'm interested in so i think it's uh, yeah most often it's just uh, really really good uh, situations and and uh, which i enjoy but yeah of course it can as i said it, it can be frustrating and and Perhaps more in the beginning, uh, in in the when I in my dissertation project, you of course you are you're in a time limit and you have to you know you have the the publish publish papers and stuff like that of course and you have that in in back of your head. So, uh, but now when uh, when I'm doing this kind of research and, and interview now I'm I'm interviewing children individually in in a study. Um, children that that are, are physically inactive as well, and I think it's just so interesting to hear about their their he- hearing their stories and how their uh, daily lives goes on and how they try to be physically active and and they and they telling about the uh, yeah the struggle it really to to be physically active. Uh, it's not that uh, they don't care about physical act- activity, even though they 
they may be completely inactive. It's it's always something that is uh, they think about, and it's something that it's really important to them. But they're not uh, they don't have the tools or the uh, the conditions to to be physically inactive in in their uh, everyday lives. So uh, yeah, it's really interesting. I think. Yeah, really, really interesting. Uh, do you have anything you want to add for this bioecological model, or should we go for the recruitment initiatives for a sports club? No, I think it's. Uh, I, I think we can leave the model uh, for now. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be great help for us we have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes so be sure to tune in thank you all for your support and have a great day